This is a HeadGum Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Uh, so I got a box of four different Magic Spoon cereals in the mail this week. Cocoa, Fruity, Frosted, and Blueberry. And it was uh, the highlight of my week. When I was a child, I was only allowed to eat nice cereal on the weekends because in those days they hadn't figured out how to make cereal both nice and healthy yet. Uh, So the past few days I've been able to defy my parents and delight my child at the same time just by eating Magic Spoon's amazing frosted flavor, which reminds me of the only two days out of every week that I was ever truly happy as a boy. Um, Now, it doesn't say this in the copy here, uh, which is honestly a little bit irresponsible, Um, but in the interest of safety, I do want to just kind of spell out for everyone uh, that you shouldn't just open every box you come across just because sometimes there's nice cereal inside. Uh, For instance, the Lament configuration is also a box you can find. Uh, Based on the very few Hellraiser movies I've seen, sometimes you have to spend a lifetime looking for it, but sometimes it's just hidden in the floorboards of your attic. And if you carelessly open that box, you will be introduced to a world of pleasure and pain beyond anything the human mind can imagine. Um, So I want to be really clear here. If you're certain that what you have is a magic spoon delivery box, do open that. It tastes amazing. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. But if you think there's any chance at all that the box you have might be the Lament configuration from Hellraiser, don't open that. It doesn't taste like anything, and usually Pinhead and an army of ill-begotten abominations called Cenobites will come out of it and pull you into a labyrinthine dimension of torment and agony. Go to magicspoon.com slash babysitters to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code babysitters at checkout to get free shipping. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com slash babysitters and use the code babysitters for free shipping. Uh, We want to thank Magic Spoon for sponsoring the podcast. And again, just so it's absolutely crystal clear, delicious boxes of breakfast food that will take you back to your childhood. Yes. Diabolical puzzle boxes that will open a portal to an army of extra-dimensional beings who will mercilessly flay your flesh. No. Be safe out there. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time the Babysitter's Club Mystery. Here we are. Hello. Two undercover podcasters. What's the concept of the bit here? Like undercover boss? I think it's like undercover podcasters. So we're pretending to be sort of like low-level amateur podcasters. So maybe what I'll do is I'll take my mic and I'll bring it way up here. Okay, that's perfect. So it's like... And you're doing a bad job with the mic. Hi, welcome to the show. My name is Tanner Greenring. Great. I don't. I think the bit is the same as the bit from this book that we're about to talk about, which is that Dawn Schaefer is an undercover babysitter, but really she's just actually just a babysitter. She's just a babysitter. That's what I'm. Because if she were an undercover babysitter, what she would do is not babysit. pose as a baby. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And have the other members of the BSC come and take care of her alongside the Cornell. Keats children. Yeah, and the Livingstons. We got a the lot of new people this week. Right. 
I guess what we should. That's inter- not what she did, oh, though. Okay. She yeah. was the babysitter. She was the babysitter, and she was the babysitter. Yes. She wasn't like, this week, Detective Don Schaefer has to go undercover as a babysitter. It was like, no, no, this week, babysitter Don Schaefer has to be a babysitter, which is what she's being paid to be. Right. And then she's an undercover detective. Frankly, this should and be she, called. Yeah, she Don, may Don Schaefer solve undercover a mystery. Detective. Yeah, she's, while she's a babysitter, but she is still a babysitter first, and mm-hmm. then undercover detective okay. second. So now we've f- figured it out. And here's what I would like to say to Ellen, and we should write an open letter to yeah, Ellen. Let me op- let me open a new text document here. Yeah. Okay. Or unless I have yeah. an idea. Okay. What better way can we get Ellen's attention but by? Posting this sternly worded letter on the world's most popular social media network, right? The iBooks reviews. Okay, great. Well, so I, we will yeah. put a pin in it for now, so we can at least introduce the show. Okay, but then we will get back to it first thing. Okay, great. And I've got I've got some some I've got some notes for a concept for our iBooks review that will work, I think, really well with that. Okay. Great. So what we like to do is introduce our show, and the way that we do that is that I say hi hi, and I say. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club Mystery Club. I threw you off that I did it sort of. You didn't put a lot of wang on it, but that's fine. You do it however you want. We don't. Uh, What uh, what do you mean? Did you hear that? That e? It didn't. It didn't seem mysterious. Okay, let's take another run at it. Okay. Well, Babysitter's Club Club. That was a little bit of sexy wang as well, but that's okay. Club. Club. And my name is Jack Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And what we do is we talk about the great mysteries by the great mystery herself and Mystery Martin this week. We're talking about a great mystery that was called and is called Babysitter's Club Mystery number 26, Dawn Schaefer, Undercover, Babysitter. And we'll put an asterisk in that because we don't think it should be called that. Right, and we will get... Back to We're going to get into that shortly when we review this novel. Anything you want to get into before we talk about the book? You no, said I... that you've. We have any dad talk? Any Cyril's dad doing talk? well. Yeah, Cyril's doing good, man. He's move. He's moving a little bit from the car phase of things, which I found baffling, to the uh, stuffed animals phase of things, which I find relatable. Right, you're embracing that. I'm embracing that. He's got a giraffe that he likes to carry around. He's got a penguin. And we, because he found this penguin, I think you probably have the same one, or the major media company that we uh, both used to work at gave them out as some promotion. Nope. It says LOL on it. <laughs> nope. It's a, but okay, the, the major media company is the New York Times. Now it, that's obvious. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, God, and I he, wish. He just found it, and I taught him about penguins, and then we watched a video of penguins, uh, which was cute. But then uh, today... I was like, what does the cow say? And he said, moo. moo. And then I said, what does the cat say? And he said, meow. And then I said, what does the penguin say? And he goes, <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that that, that is, is true. what the penguin says. Yeah. You should show him that um, Werner Herzog documentary where the one penguin gets turned around and marches into oh, the mountains to his death. That seems good. You think it's time for him to learn about that kind of shit? Uh, I don't know. Just like I read really a far side cartoon when shit. I was his age that really taught me about death <laughs> and uh, kept me up at night most nights. Yeah. Good. Great. I'm glad to which what was it? The far side cartoon? Yeah. 
can't really remember now, but I remember it having a bear and a man who was like maybe a hunter and he had like a a target on his head. That's every far side cartoon. <laughs> yeah. I just <laughs> described every far side cartoon. Uh, Farside bear. Oh look, I just found it. Farside bear target. Let me is it, I didn't is just this gonna it. fuck me I, up? It was an autofill. Okay, is here it is. Fuck me up? Is this gonna fuck me up? This is gonna make you confront death in a way that only a maybe four-year-old boy could confront death. Should we do like an angst warning or something? Like a fear and trembling warning? Maybe we do an angst warning, right? Yeah. Angst warning. The shit that Tanner is about to drop on you, the philosophical shit that Tanner is about to drop on you via Gary Larson and his uh, hilarious one-panel cartoons. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna send you the image so you can analyze it. Okay. And really pick apart what about this made a very young Tanner yeah green ring confront the, confront the endless void of death existence. and think about death and be afraid of death for the rest of his okay. life. Okay. Should we do a teen explanation too for teens? Gary Lars. So okay. Oh yeah. So Gary so, Lars, did you get that? I um, I'm about to look at it, but um. I just want to set you on the track because I think if you start with Gary Larson, that's not going to help with the teens. T- tell him about how the the um the, it, about right. fu- funny the funny pages. So you uh, teens, hey, how's it going? Did you text um, it to me? All right, I'm having a look. Yep, okay, I'm looking at it. Yep, and it's and it's doing for me what I think. So did you explain to the teens? Are we ready to? Oh, okay, so teens, what up? Um, my name is Tanner. Uh, and I'm, I was just like you once. Say a, da- so, say a dab for them. And I'll just do a dab. No, oh, you say, okay, you, can, you can't say it. No, he's doing, really he's killed done. my back. Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. Did a dab, it really destroyed my back, oh, but. And they, um, prefer, they prefer to be called either millennials or Gen Z, I think, instead of teens. Cause that's fam. Fam. And it, you know memes? Yeah. Oh, memes used to be in. The, paper, the newspaper. The papers, yeah. Well, okay, so you know CNN.com? Yeah, great. That used to be a newspaper. Fam. And one of one part of the newspaper- Was, was memes, so you, was for me. It was, it was made, printed on paper and they would send it to you every day and one page of the newspaper was for memes. Yeah. And there was this, this creator called Gary Larson. Yeah. Uh, who did very funny sort of like- sparse minimalist memes. dry memes that yeah. like it was very vine humor you know yeah. and he was one of the best memesters out there and he did a meme of uh okay and this okay and then now it's a, a angst warning and now it's angst warning so it's kind of the frame of the meme is that it's a crosshairs like a hunter's crosshairs yeah and we're the hunter and we're the hunter and we're aiming at a bear and the bear is sort of grinning in a panic and pointing desperately at a bear next to him who seems who's, oblivious to the fact that they're being dumb hunted. Friend. And he's saying, kill this bear. He's not kill saying that. One. He's not saying that. He's not saying anything. There's no, it's a, a meme with no words. Right. And he's saying- Kill this bear. Kill this one. And he I saw this know. comic as a child and I think I didn't quite understand what it meant. And I asked my mother who explained yeah. it to me and she was like, it's about the death. <laughs> world came crashing down around <laughs> me as I realized that you can and will die. Yeah. Sometimes you're the bear in the crosshairs and sometimes you're the dumb bear who's actually about to get shot. But either way, you're going to die. Right. And that's what that meme 
mean? Why did we start talking about this? Because this is real. This is something very real that I still remember as like my first dance with death. I think you were tr- um, recommending to me that I tell Cyril to like walk off into the middle distance. Oh no, yes. that watch a penguin doing it. Watch a penguin. Uh, but what we should do, and that's a great point, is that we've kind of deviated from what I wanted. Oh, this has been and dad that's talk. Ted talk. Yeah, yeah. And um, that was dad talk. And what we do now is talk about the books and. The way that we talk about the book is that we first describe it. And the person who's going to uh, take a f- uh, first swing at describing this book uh, today is my co-host. And it's that's you, Tanner. Me. And it's Tanner who's going to do it. And uh, you were saying to me that you've prepared something um, that you that is totally your original work, which I'm excited well, about. Well, I did write something down, and I hope that that is kosher. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's good. It's just as long as it's your original work and not. And it taken. is my original yeah. work, and it's actually. I'm going to say this. It mm. is something I wrote with my own sweat and blood and tears. Great. And two hands. Yeah. And it's not even inspired by anything. Anything, a movie or anything. Great. That's awesome. That's perfect. And it's definitely not inspired by like a film, for instance, that came out in 2016. Right, that's awesome. Like kind of a thriller film that came out in 2016. Honestly, if it were inspired by any film, regardless of when it came out or what genre, you would have to disclose that. Right, and I would because I'm I'm responsible. But this yeah. is this is inspired by the novel we read, and not by a film that came Great. out in 2016. Okay, so Tanner's going to describe this book. I'm excited to hear it, to hear your original work. I'm going to sit back in the cut here, and um, and we'll probably put put on some tunes, like a bed of music, and you'll say that what happened. Nice in this book uh, with your own words. And, yep, and inspired just purely by the, the work we read. Yep, great, let's hear it. When Dawn Schaefer, a young American woman, came to the Connecticut countryside to be a nanny, she didn't know what to expect. The sprawling estate owned by Mrs. Keats and Mrs. Cornell seemed normal at first, but then she was introduced to her charges. Five life-size dolls that the two women treated like living, breathing, eight-year-old children. At first, Dawn thought that this job, while unusual, would be fairly easy. But then strange things started happening while she cared for the Keats and Cornell children. She'd hear noises in the walls. Objects would seem out of place from where she left them. And she always had the feeling that she was being watched. As Dawn began to disregard the long set of strict rules left by the doll's mothers, she became tormented by more dangerous and unusual occurrences, and started to believe that the lifeless dolls she'd been employed to care for harbored supernatural and malevolent forces. Or maybe it was whomever, or whatever, was watching her from behind the walls of Livingston Manor. Babysitter's Club, mystery number 26, Don Schaefer, undercover babysitter. Oh, and that was very, I didn't expect that to be quite as scary. And I think that's totally accurate. I don't, I didn't catch a lot of these things, but now that I'm thinking about it, it doesn't say at any point that the children, the Keats and Cornell children are, are not dolls. dolls. Right. And so for you to have inferred that. You know what I'm realizing now? Yeah. And keep in mind that this is something I wrote myself, and it yeah. was just only inspired by the book. Right. I'm realizing now that, and this is pure coincidence, and maybe, mm-hmm. in fact, I think I have a lawsuit on my hands. Mm-hmm. This sounds a lot like the 2016 
thriller movie, The Boy. The Boy. Okay, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. What's it about? Well, it's about a young American woman who goes to the English countryside to become a nanny, but she didn't know what to expect. Uh, and when she's introduced to her charge, a lifelike doll mm-hmm. that his mother treated like an eight-year-old boy. Right. Um, she thought it was unusual, but she thought, oh, this will be easy. Um, right. But then she started to hear noises in the walls, and objects would seem out of place, and she always kind of had this feeling like she was being watched. But then um, she had this big set of rules she was supposed to follow, and she thought, well, I'm caring for a doll. Who gives a shit? Yeah. So she started disregarding them, and then unusual and dangerous things started happening. Yeah. And she began to believe that the doll, whose name was Brahms, I believe, okay. that she was caring for was maybe real. was real and had some kind of supernatural force behind it. Yikes. Um, but it turns out that Brahms, whom the mother purchased to channel all of her emotional guilt into when her young son died mm-hmm. didn't the boy brahms okay and you didn't too, actually so, can, die can I, and he's I, he'd been living in the walls the whole time and that's the twist of the film and you're doing the whole the whole plot of the film is that and that's the, the whole plot of the film he's okay. living in the in the walls and do we have a clip and here's the clip you don't understand what's happening the doll no i think i understand exactly what's going on give here. me the doll what's so special about the doll Cole, please huh no What the hell was that? I think we need to leave. His problems. It can't be. Great. Okay, and so I think that you've got a lawsuit on your hands. Because it sounds like they took your your description of this book word for word and right. put it in their movie. You mean um, as the, um, um, what's the opposite of defendant? The plaintiff? Yes, the plaintiff. I would be the plaintiff in that lawsuit. Great. Mean, yeah. Right? And not the defendant? That's right. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, what I'd like to do is describe this book, and I would love it if instead of paying attention any attention to me at all, uh, oh. just for the benefit of the podcast, what would be great is if you locked yourself into a game of 60-second burger run online and just completely kind of skipped by anything that I was saying. So, the, And then what's cool about that is that at the end, when I'm finished, we, we have nothing to go on, like no shared experience to then bounce off of. Well, we both read the f- book. Right. <coughs> In five. Okay. Four, three. Okay, Dawn Schaefer is back in Stony Brook. She's visiting for the summer. And uh, she's got some babysitting charges this week. And they are a new family called the Cornells and the Keats. And guess what? They live in the same house. That's weird. Why did the Cornells and the Keats live in the same house but need different babysitters? It turns out it's two sisters who are no longer speaking to each other because they are upset with each other over a family feud because their father, who recently died, pitted them against each other in a game of wits. And the person in the family who gets the answer to the mystery that their father left for them is going to be the one who gets the inheritance and they each have clues. Dawn is able to get the clues from the family and eventually uh, make the sisters reunite with each other and have their kids play with each other and uh, it turns out that the clues were behind the portraits of the the evil father Mr. Livingstone and uh, Oh shit. What? Well I just realized something. What? Um, this is hard for me to admit. Yeah. Between records last week, mm-hmm. 
in my off time, yeah, I was boning up on sixty second burger run, mm-hmm. and I set the game mm-hmm. to run at half speed. Okay. And I was just sitting here playing, and I was like, man, it's so easy. And it's like, going. why is it going so slowly? This is so easy. So did I get I'm not even. Sh- I'm not quite sure where you're at. Okay. But all I know is that that's, this instance of 60-second burger runs is perhaps 120-second burger run. Okay, and you still failed at it? Well, I'm not. it's not even over yet. Oh, okay. So, so th- there are some people who might argue that you interrupted me unfairly anyway perhaps but i think you were maybe over 60 seconds it's hard to say it's tough to say should this i one's... read no or... absolutely not no i think what we'll do now is we'll kind of talk about this together okay wow, um, what a what a flub that was on my part and uh, what an embarrassing thing to admit that i do yeah <laughs> cheat codes for this time. like game for fucking tweens <laughs> um so it it turns out that um so it's weird like Christy and Dawn both get a call to sit From and it's at the same two address. Sisters. Oh, it's Ms. not Christy. Christy's not in this one. Uh Marianne and Dawn. Christy's in Hawaii. We know that this this one this book directly follows the events of the super special Aloha Babysitters. Yes. So Stacy's helicopter crash must be fresh in their minds. Well, that's why probably why Stacy wasn't even in all that much. She's still yeah, because she's still dealing with the helicopter she's crash. It's weird that nobody mentioned it, but this we 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 know from internal clues that this fo- directly follows the events of Aloha Babysitters. Um, Christy's not in it anyway. Marianne and Do- no, not Marianne. Who is it? Claudia. It actually was Christy the first it was time. Christy. It was before she went on. Oh, it's vacation, right before she leaves for Hawaii. I thought I'd just kind of okay. Whatever. Patch over it. Dawn and somebody and another member of the BSC get a. Um, Called to the same house for different kids. It turns out that that it's sisters who are feuding. They're back in town for. They're living in a giant mansion. In this huge mansion, and the mansion is the monolith. This week, every week in the Babysitters Club mysteries, a new monolith springs out from the earth, Uh, like a large, impossible place, impossible place, a structure. We don't know whether it springs out on the same spot as the previous one or if it's just it kind of seems like expanded. it a little bit i think so i think this is where the arboretum was i think this is where the art museum that we've never heard about again was right i think it's where the lighthouse where the is going to be was. next week it's where the country club was um, they're all sort of adjacent to christie's neighborhood yeah um and it's this huge mansion and it's these two sisters who are feuding and they're feuding over their dad's will and he left them a bunch of clues to pit them against each other yes and there's a handsome butler. I was going to do a hashtag swoon for him because Claudia says he's cute, but th- he's never described. And so I didn't. In, well, in, he's described. I, he has dark hair. He has a beard. But that's But that's not enough to get me going. Right. You know what I mean? Claudia says he's cute. I trust her on this. Right. Claudia is usually right about this shit. But you can't just say dark hair and a beard. And Sounds hunky. Expect me to. Well, and he watches you and drop walls. everything, you know? And he watches from the walls. He does He's always in the creeping around in the walls watching you. And that is true, and that's comforting. And it's and it's nice. And let's see, is there anything else in this book? The B plot is weird. It's just that Dawn is bad at scheduling. Well, it's, the B plot is like it's Dawn's farewell tour. Like she's about yeah. to leave for California forever, right? And she needs to like m- see everyone before she goes, right? And Ellen kind of like double booking herself. Ellen wrapped up this mystery 
around chapter 10 and then right. spent the last few chapters being like, um, and, and then the Dawn, Dawn says goodbye to the Preziosos. And right. then she says goodbye to it's nice. the Braddocks. It's nice, but yeah, it's nice. It's nice. What am I going to say? It's nice. I liked it. I liked it. Had a couple TMs in there. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to talk about that yet no. because I feel like the we need to make good on our promise mm. because while it was nice and while this book was good. We got to review it. We have to review it and for Tim. For Tim and Jeff. Yeah. And at the same time we need to take Ellen to, to task. task. Yeah. Okay. So what I've done and what is happening here is that um Tim Cook has asked us to uh kind of be the main influencers for uh his Facebook killer. Uh, yeah, we're like Pootie Pie. We're like Poo- Pootie Pie is bad, I think. I think he like li- likes Nazis, but Yeah. We're like that, but not the Nazi stuff. Right. Um, We're just sort of like what's the face good, of the... Are any of these people good? I think they're all Oh, bad. like Logan Paul and Jake Paul. I think they're bad. They're bad because of the Suicide Forest thing, huh? Yeah. Dang. I think they're all bad. I think we're the um, first good ones of them. Of what about them. Twitter? Is there anyone good on Twitter? No, I've checked no. it. I've seen it, actually. Right. And I spent some time on there, and there's nobody good on there. It, what about... That's all the social media networks. I think that's everything. Yeah. So we're we're kind of blazing new ground here. Yeah. And it's in the best social network, and it's Tim Cook's social network, and it's called the iBooks Reviews of the Babysitters Club Mysteries. And we're uh, and what we do is we review these books, and then I put it on Goodreads because Jeff Bezos obviously wants a piece of that action, and he owns Goodreads, and and I, I haven't done the past couple of weeks, but I'll probably catch up by the time you listen to this. Okay, and hopefully Bezos didn't hear that. Um, I'm more afraid of Tim Cook. So what I'm going to do here, so I'm in the Goodreads review, and what we're going to do is we're gonna, we've are gonna we got some music that's going to play for our review where we review the book, and I have gone ahead without asking you and hit five stars. It's great. Five stars, great book, dumb book. It's a great book. Uh, Christy's not in it much, and I thought about docking a point for that, but she's right. in it. Uh, you know who's not in it much, and I wish I could give an extra point. It's yeah, Stacy. Stacy. Yeah, Stacy. She's still she's still recovering from that helicopter crash. Right. Okay. So, uh, title of the review. Um, should we should we just go right at Ellen now in the title? Yes. This book should be called Undercover. Should I? Can I say sorry to quibble? But if it fits. Okay. So what I'm gonna say is sorry to quibble, but this book should be called Undercover Detective. Don Schaefer colon Undercover Detective, or just see if we can get it in there. Okay. Should be called Dawn Schaefer. And we did get it in there. Undercover Detective. And I'm just going to put a full stop at the end of that. Okay. Um, dear Ellen. D- uh, dear Ellen Miles. We um, are obviously huge fans of your work, but... Fans of your work. But in this novel, Dawn... Scintillating novel. Scintillating novel. God damn it. I always forget that. Scintillating novel. Dawn Schaefer is... A baby. And are you saying, did you write Dong? I wrote Dawn. D A W N? Yeah. And is, I can't remember, is that the character's name? Why don't I say Dawn and then I'll put a parenthesis Dawn? How about Dawn slash slash Dong? Why don't I say Dong and then I'm covering my bases? D A W N G. Dong Schaefer. Yeah. Parenthesis, this misspelling is for everybody. Yes. Sorry, this creative spelling. So everybody is a babysitter going undercover 
as a detective, not the other way around. Man, right. Should and I say ma'am? Ma'am. And maybe you could say, if she were going undercover as a babysitter, yeah. she would not be a babysitter. She would be posing as a babysitter. Or she would be going undercover as a babysitter and posing as a baby, right? In the way that an undercover detective would pose as a drug dealer. Okay, I'm going to read that back to you because it, it doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but we'll, we'll see if it makes sense to you. If she were going undercover as a babysitter, she would not be a babysitter. She would be posing as a babysitter, or she would be going as a babysitter and posing as a baby in the way the detective would be going undercover as a drug dealer. Yes. That's what you said, and that's what we've got. Okay, great. So I think we've taken- What about, what about that doesn't make sense to you? No, I, you're right now, and I do think it makes Either sense. Either she's a detective posing as a babysitter, making her an undercover babysitter, or she's a babysitter posing as a baby, making her an undercover babysitter. Okay, and I think that makes sense. Okay, so here's what I want to say now. So let's get out of Ellen, and we're going to say, okay, thanks, Ellen. Thanks for listening, Ellen. Sit, sit tight. like Sit tight. The rest of this is important as well. I like that a lot as well. Okay, so here's what I want to say for the for the readers of the review. Under the cover of this book, you will find a scintillating, do you think okay. that's good? Story of intrigue, suspense, and mystery. Under the cover of the portraits, and this is kind of a spoiler, Dawn. Okay, so you should probably put it the, the very beginning of that sentence in big letters. Spoiler, potential spoiler alert. Okay. Dawn finds the clue that blows the lid wide. Do we say right, wide off? Right or? open. Right, wide open, I think. Wide open, yeah. Wide off of this one. Wide off, as we say? I think that's what we say. I can't remember. Okay. <laughs> Under the covers in the bedroom. Okay. And then i that's about as far as I got. And then, Under the and, covers in the bedroom. Dot, dot, dot. I'm reading this book late into the night, period. What were you thinking? Question mark. Oh, that's good. And maybe do this the this emoji. Oh, yeah. The, he's, Tanner's doing like a guy who's got his tongue hanging out of his face. Like he just like did a lot of pot or something. Like okay. wacky, like wacky, <laughs> wacky guy. What okay. were you thinking? <laughs> I'm reading this book late into the night. What were you thinking? Two question Ellen. marks. Oh, Ellen. Uh, yeah, that's great. Ellen question mark and then wacky guy emoji yeah and he's got one eye as there his eyes are going in different directions right? yeah yeah okay. that's the guy okay that's right there's a lot oh should we say we shouldn't judge a book by its cover <laughs> with regards to what the cover of this book i just like the undercover and then the cover of the book and under the cover of night okay yeah okay and finally under the cover of night. And is there anything else like undercover boss or something that we want to bring in? And under the cover of boss. <laughs> no, I don't think that works. Under the cover of night. Here's what I've got. That, And finally, always remember that under the cover of night, whether you're an undercover boss, an undercover babysitter, an undercover detective, or just under the covers reading this book. Winky. Uh... <laughs> Under the covers, dot, 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 dot reading this, this book. Parentheses, why? What were you thinking? Yeah, Ellen. Ellen. Uh, oh, and we can use this um, final line from the book. Okay. If you 
get to the end. Much like the Cornells and the Keats. Keats family. And Livingston. Cornell's, Keats, 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 comma, and Livingston families. Keats and Livingston families. You'll find that the true inheritance is the friends we made along the way. That's right. And what does she say? Does she say that? Something along those lines. She says, you'll find your true inheritance. Colon. Each other. Each other. And that is what they find, and that's a spoiler. That's why it's a spoiler. Each other. Um, Great. I think that's pretty good. We should just, a final word to Ellen. Anyway, Ellen, we didn't dock you a star, but please be more precise with your title. Yes. That's great. With your title. I think that's What about, shall I say, you're an actual writer, not an undercover writer? Why would that, in what way does that make sense? No, and you're right that that doesn't make sense. But that's precisely why we should add it, because it's... Okay. You're an actual writer, not an undercover writer. And then I would just say, M Dash, Jack, Jack Shepard, and, and Shepard Green Ring. Green Ring. P.S. We love this one. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to read this back to you just to make sure it makes sense. Five stars. Sorry to quibble, but this should be called Don Schaefer, Undercover Detective. Dear Ellen Miles, we are obviously huge fans of your work, but in this scintillating novel, Dong Schaefer, this creative spelling is for everybody. Is a babysitter going undercover as a detective? Not the other way around, ma'am. If she were going undercover as a babysitter, she would not be a babysitter. She would be posing as a babysitter. Or she would be going as a babysitter and posing as a baby in the way that a detective would be going undercover as a drug dealer. Okay, thanks for listening, Ellen. Sit tight. The rest of this is important as well. Potential spoiler alert. Under the cover of this book, you will find a scintillating story of intrigue, suspense, and mystery. Under the cover of the portraits, Dawn finds the clue that blows the lid wide off of this one. That's and that's that's <laughs> something people say, huh? Yeah, everybody's saying it, I think. Okay. Under the covers in the bedroom, I'm reading this book late into the night. <laughs> what were you thinking, Ellen? Goofball face. Yeah. And finally, always remember that under the cover of night, whether you're an undercover boss, an undercover babysitter, an undercover detective, or just under the covers reading this book, why, what were you thinking, Ellen? Yeah. If you get to the end, much like the Cornells, Keats, and Livingston families, you'll find your true inheritance, each other. Yes. Oh, that's actually really beautiful. So nice. Anyway, Ellen, we didn't dock you a star, but please be more precise with your title. You're an actual writer, not an undercover one. Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring. P.S. We love this one. I think that's great, and I think it does everything it's set out to accomplish, which is review this book. Yeah, but also and kind of put it. Yes. Make her sit up a little bit. Yes, yeah, sit up. Pay attention. It should be called Don Schaefer Undercover Detective. Right. Okay, so I'm going to hit submit. That's for or Tim. Maybe Don Schaefer Undercover Baby. No, wait. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, because she doesn't do that in this in this yeah. book, is what I'm re- remembering. Um, would you like to guess the mystery, or do you, would you like to take a break? It's uh, choose your own adventure. Da 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 da. Um, let's guess <laughs> the mystery because I didn't fucking get it, and I got so close. Okay, so this is a hit segment that we like to do, uh, where we ask uh, Baby B Liz to come Liz! in, and play a little music. Come in. And is she setting up? She's in your yeah, little phone booth. No, I'm sorry. I'm not angry at you. I'm angry because I didn't get the mystery. Are you willing to fight this out? We're fine. Okay. Jack tells us the tale While Tanner plays Burger Run Stacy stole a ring 
And now vampires rule. You rank their fashion fails right at gothic pole. And the cat, it's a ghost, stolen dogs, and now a journeying dates. You're guessing the mystery. The books, they've been burned And now there's puppets, no more dolls But you won't give up the search For the crimes in the mall Jack wears jorts in the snow Tanner's boy demands studio space Can you suss out the crime now Without Hodges painting our girl's fate You're so dutiful When the burns are so but so thankful for smiles for miles so bright Jack and Tanner guessing the mystery Work it out five chapters in Jack and Tanner guessing the mystery Reviewing it so Thank you, Liz. That was Thank very you, nice. Liz. Yep, that was very good. And I don't practice guessing mysteries. I don't yeah. have a crystal ball. <laughs> I had a million guesses. Well, I'd guess I'd them, all. them all. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> um, so that was a uh, joint effort by maybe Liz and uh, actual podcast man tanner Greenring, yeah. and uh it's to introduce our segment where we uh say what we thought the mystery was going to be what we thought the resolution of the mystery was going to did be. did you get it after chapter five and no you didn't it was impossible let me read it to you can i read you what i wrote here's yep. what i wrote amy and john the butler are in love okay the first and that's a clue uh the the each sister is given a clue and the clue uh, that we have at this point. We only have one clue at this point, and it is the first is always the most important. That's all we know. That's the clue yes. that was given to one of the sisters. Right. The first refers to the portraits. Behind the first, earliest portrait, is the clue to the fortune. But the point of the whole dumb endeavor was to bring the sisters together to heal their differences. Okay. I did guess from the one clue. You did guess from the one exactly. clue the like, most important thing. Which is that the... the Portraits. The... So the sisters are pitted against each other in the first one. They're each given a different clue. And the first one to find the, where the uh, answer to the clue is hidden gets the whole fortune. And they are hidden behind the portrait. And they're hidden the behind first the portrait. portrait. The earliest yeah. portrait. So I did a pretty good job. You Amy did a pretty and John good job. the butler are not in love. The twist is that John the butler is actually their long lost brother. So they're right. in love, but in the, in a fraternal way. Right. Here's my guess. Yeah. <clears throat> Amy and John are lovers. The sisters need to work together with the help of the BSC to solve the mystery, which will cause them to reunite. They'll split the fortune between them, and Amy and John will get married and move into Livingston Manor permanently. Wow. You didn't. So I'm going to, I'm going to, so if we had worked together, we could have gotten a little more that they split it between them. But what you. Well, we could have gotten a little bit more, but we both would have been like starting off on the wrong foot, which yeah. is. 
Amy that Amy and John, John are in love. Rogers. But I'm going to argue that you didn't even, you're begging the question here, and I mean that in well, an actual yeah. way. You didn't guess the mystery. You said you said the mystery and will didn't be say solved. what it was. I and, said, yeah. there is a mystery that there will is a be mystery. solved. Yeah, so that's what begging the question is, folks, and it's great to have an actual example of that, and it does not mean raise the question. Right. And, and now you know that, and take that with you into your lives. Begging the question does not mean raising the question. It means when you use the thing that you were trying to prove as evidence for itself. Actually, I guess th- this all reminds me of something, and it's, okay. um, I, need, I do need to read a poem in order to get into it. Oh, okay. Oh, taunt, thou art sick, a very good burn that stings you so right. A knife that doth turn. It gets in your head, but oh so soon it will cause me to have to call the burn unit. And it's the burn of the week, and what you the whole begs the question thing that you just did actually kind of reminds me of my burn this week, if okay. I can just quickly read it. Yeah. Um, burn light book this week. Burn light book, very burn light book. Um, yeah. So Dawn has this Friends Day where, as she's leaving where she has a morning where she has all her charges, babysitting charges over, and then she has all her SMS friends over, and then she has an evening with the BSC that turns into a sleepover. Mm-hmm. But in the morning, she has all the charges over. Right. Um, and this is what happened. Mm-hmm. I smiled when I saw the Barretts coming, remembering the first time I'd met Buddy, Susie, and Marnie. We used to call them the impossible three. Buddy's eight now, Susie's five, and Marnie is two. They were such a handful. They still are in a way, but things have changed so much for them. Their mom, who was divorced, has remarried, and the Barretts now live in a new home with the stepdad and four new step-siblings. We brung a game, announced Mm. Susie. Mm -hmm. We brought a game, Buddy corrected her. Yeah, I already told her that, said Susie. (laughs) And my burn is on, um, and I quote my notes here, dorks who correct people's grammar. <laughs> Do you have anyone in mind for that? Or... Well, Buddy Barrett, Yeah, for one. He's like, I already said that. And I guess anyone who would like maybe throw the brakes on a podcast to mm-hmm. like go into a deep explanation of like what a piece of like archaic grammar might mean it's a useful phrase to describe a very specific rhetorical technique and if the phrase goes out of the language the understanding of what that is goes out of the language just say raise the question it's perfectly fine can we just come up with a new term for begs the question no it's already very complicated (laughs) well exactly question think of question as meaning premise begs the premise right and that's what it means so let's just say that. And did okay. you have a burn before we go on our break? Yeah, it's on Jenny Prezioso. Okay. Jenny Prezioso arrived next. She's four years old. The BSC has been sitting for Jenny for a long time, and we know her well. Jenny's a good kid, although at times it's been hard to remember that. When we first met her, we thought she was a spoiled brat. She never had a speck of dirt on any of her frilly dresses. She was a slow, picky eater and needed lots of attention. She's grown into a nicer kid since then, though. She wears jeans and sneakers sometimes. <laughs> Just one long burn on Jenny Preziosa. <laughs> it does say it, it does say, it, and she's not nearly as whiny as she used to be. But she, it's like it's like they just spent like this is like a fucking four year old, right? Dawn spent a paragraph being like she used to be a picky, spoiled brat who wore dumb dresses, and then she's but like, now but she wears now she wears jeans and sneakers. Right. <laughs> she's four, Dawn. Yeah. Um, okay, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we 
have a wide open space in front of us to do and say whatever we like. Goodbye. Goodbye. Best Fiends is a free-to-download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally yep. thousands of levels that is boredom's yep. worst nightmare. And yep. uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition yep. uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the Jack's, Jack's Jumping Jerks, 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 Jumpin Jerks, and Tanner's Tiny, Tiny Ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level to to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time. Um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay. and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. Fiends. Um, okay, that's great to hear. And I'm really I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and, and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well, I'm glad but you're back. But now I'm, I'm embracing it i'm playing it i'm having so much fun with it i love it okay well i'll start uh so one of my experiences playing the game that i really enjoy is um i really like picking which fiends to use and upgrading them and building a crack team as i go through the levels. my favorite is mordecai okay that's not one it's my favorite fiend what level are you on jack i am somewhere in the 40s (laughs) (laughs) okay and yourself Seven D thousand. Well, okay, that's a lot. They do have thousands of levels, uh, and they do have updates thousand. all the time, so you can keep at least seventy thousand. Yes. So yep. that's what level I'm on, and we'll, I am having a fun with it. It's me. It's Mordecai. Yeah. It's um, okay. That's not one of them. Well, maybe it's in the later levels. It's but, in the, and, you haven't got there yet. Uh, it says here, what makes you want to keep at it? That's a good thing. For me, it's just, it's binge worthy and it's like, it's bite size. You can just play like a little bit for like 10 minutes uh, when you've got, when you're waiting for the something, whatever. To me, it's the feeling it gives me, if you know what I mean. No. Oh, just binge worthiness. It feels so good to play. Yeah. And uh, when do you play? Only at night, baby. Okay. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, Only at night. Okay, perfect. I'm starting to think that you still have not been able to get your phone started. I I really want to play more. <laughs> yeah. Jack, I do love the game. It's very fun, and we yeah. were competing, but I have so many phone problems. Is it possible that you're f- holding your phone upside down? Tried that. Yeah. Okay. You know you can hold your phone sideways, too? Yeah. <laughs> And I tried that as well because someone I was I was on the forums. I've been in touch with the makers of Best Fiends, and I just I, this is not their fault. I can tell you this is not their fault. And the phone. game is so fun. Yeah. I'm so interested in playing. Yeah. Okay. Have you tried turning your phone on? Oh, there's a button on that usually on the side. What do you mean on? Forget it. Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy shit. That's friends without the R. Best thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great. Whoa. That's a lot of <laughs> notifications. <laughs> Mystery. I have a new segment I would like to introduce. Okay. And I, by as way of introducing it, have mm-hmm. written by myself with no help 
from anyone for 20 to 30 minutes before we began recording tonight. Okay. Prepared a poem by and myself. that's an oddly specific way of saying that. A gothic poem that yeah. I've prepared Good. by As, myself, and I didn't yeah. get any help from, from anyone. anyone. You didn't even pull, pull in someone who's particularly good at doing punch up on poems and getting this. No, I did pull in right. someone who's sorry. Oh, and it was you. And I did do that, and it was me, and I did yeah. it by okay. myself. And, and, and not any of no your help buds, for no, one. no one you know. Nope. Okay, great. So this is going to be a surprise to me. It's going to be a surprise to you, the yes. whole segment and the poem. Great. Okay, and I'm excited, and I'm glad that you are following the bylaws and of this podcast and writing a poem by yourself with no help from me. Right. And may I read it? Yes. Okay. Let's both leave the bedroom and enter the kitchen. No time for cuisine, and I hate to be crass. Forget about cooking. It's time for some f***ing. Perhaps jam that tuna can right up your ass. The crisper contains both my undies and stockings. I left my stilettos in the ice tray. So open the freezer and put in your the refrigerator is where we both play. <laughs> I hope you're going to bleep a lot of that. I hope someone's going to bleep a lot of that. Because that is some um, naughty language. That is a very naughty. That uh, that um, Richard and Sharon would. Oh, yeah. If you're Richard and Sharon, don't they listen would be to that one. Absolutely crying over that one. Okay, right? and I hope you bleeped what and that you bleep said that there. Yeah. Uh, but if you're Richard and Sharon, you're going to be heading straight down to the old uh, beer fridge in the in the basement, <laughs> <laughs> jamming your uh, underpants in there. Ye- Ooh, oh yeah, is that my toolbox? There it goes. Oh, that, why is that in the fridge? Um, so I know refrigerator play wasn't a traditional segment in no. the previous iterations of this podcast, but mm-hmm. I would not pass up the opportunity to write it a poem by myself. Well, yeah, and yeah, and I'm glad and that is what I would have said to you had you asked me to spend 20 minutes before this recording helping you do punch up on this poem. I would have said we don't need a poem for it because it's not right. a segment. But I'm glad, I'm glad and I you I did think it. if that had happened, yeah. punch up is pretty generous cuz <laughs> what I said was like well, I know I want a poem about <laughs> Can you do the words? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> or some of them. Um, I'm glad that you decided to do this. And the reason why is because I didn't have many notes this week, but I did have one note, and it was just refrigerator play and a nice yes. big exclamation point at the end of it. Because, boy, did we get some unexpected fridge play. And for new baby bees, fridge play is when you do it in the fridge. Or uh, around. around the fridge. Yeah. It's the sexual desire to be in or around the fridge. It's like the... And it's the only way you can finish is if the, you are fridge adjacent. And it's that's like, it's something that Richard and Sharon... Yeah. I want to say suffer from, but I know that that's not no, sex positive. No, no, it's no, it's like that Beatles song. Why don't we just do it around the fridge? Right. And the Beatles yeah. sang about this in the 60s, people, so... No one's really watching us. So Why don't think, we just do it around the fridge? Yeah. And that is, yeah, that's from the White Album. Yeah. Very sex positive era, the 60s, and also these books, because Richard and, and this Sharon. Podcast. And you know what? Why don't I set things up by reading what Rich and, Richard and Sharon got up to? Because if, Your bud if I'm right here, what you've pulled from this book is not Richard and Sharon, but somebody else who's into it. Okay. So can I say this? Yeah. 
I am intensely curious about what you managed to capture because I okay. did actually capture Richard and Sharon. Okay, why don't you set me up by saying what Richard and Sharon got up to then? Okay, okay. So this is the beginning of family day. Yeah. So Dawn has friends day. It goes off like a fucking... Dawn, this is a bit... Be- the, the B-plot is weird because it's like Dawn is overbooked. And the sol- and Marianne, she keeps standing Marianne up because she like keeps making dates with fucking Emily Blumberg, who's in this too much. And Erica Blumberg, Erica, sorry, Erica Blumberg and Emily Bernstein are both in this, right? And fucking sue me if I confuse them. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Well, I know the difference. <laughs> but when they're both in it, it's difficult. But anyway, whatever. Donna's making dates with people and. She keeps forgetting that she has days with Marianne and Marianne gets upset. And the way that they deal with her like overcrowded schedule is they're like, let's schedule three separate days. <laughs> right. Like whole day events. That's like a Fr- friend's friend day, day, a family, family day, day, and like BSC and, day. And kids day. And then right. anyway, I, I guess you did have a lot of time if you can fucking schedule a day. It's, I'm lucky if I can schedule an hour. Anyway, it's friend's day. It's family day. Family day. I found Marianne and Richard in the kitchen. Marianne was putting away the last of the dishes she'd washed, and Richard was sitting at the kitchen table, sorting through some papers he'd taken out of his briefcase. So far, everything seemed right. I stepped, in the, I stepped to the kitchen door and listened for my mother. Sure enough, it was only a second or two before I heard her call out, Has anyone seen my scarf? I'm sure I left it on the hall table. Marianne looked up and smiled. It's in here, Sharon, she called back. <laughs> In the drawer with the dish towels, she pulled out a red and purple scarf out of the drawer. My mom came in grinning. Like I said, I left it on the hall table, she said a little sheepishly. Please she, read took the sh- she took the scarf and tied it around her neck. Oh, come on. That's right? gross. Right after it's been in the fucking drawer Towel with the dish drawer. towels. <laughs> I, uh, we both know how it ended up there, Sharon and yeah. Richard. yeah. Probably, probably took it off for, after one of you tied it around the other yeah. one's neck for some sexual asphyxiation, <laughs> which is dangerous. I'm not here to yuck yeah. yums, obviously. No. Be careful, but it's you have to be careful with that. Kind and then, of stuff. especially if it's cold because it's straight out of the freezer, and it yeah, if it's and cold because stuff cold. expands when it gets warm. Yeah, so you think it's safe and it's yeah. like it's tight and it's getting me horned up, but like. Okay. As soon as it starts to warm up, it's going to get even tighter. Yeah. And you have to be careful with that kind of stuff. And, and so you, and that's not the refrigerator play that you captured. No, Tanner. That's wow. not. That's just, to me, this is just by the numbers, like, oh, uh, Richard and Sharon, up here, they're old tricks again. Of course, the scarf's in the fucking That doesn't even drawer. do it for you anymore. Scarf's in the towel drawer? That's fucking, like, page, that's the introduction in the refrigerator comma sutra. Right. The shit that I'm talking about is, is near the end, near the back of the book. Oof. The dangerous stuff. The dangerous stuff. Let me read you this passage. So <laughs> I'm realizing now that these two characters are siblings. Because <laughs> at the time that I wrote this down, I thought they were lovers, as yeah. did you. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and read this anyway. So this is the back of the book. This is the, this is the stuff that there's like legislation of. About well, who knows? You know, maybe, maybe because uh, it says that John, uh, who uh, is revealed as Patrick, has a girlfriend in Maryland. Okay, so I think this might be about her. But here's okay. what happened: there was no mistaking the words. That's what you I, need to tell yourself, man. 
<laughs> I was so close now that I could make out every one. We have to wait, cried the woman. I don't want to wait, insisted the man. I've waited long enough. Whew, pretty intense. For a second, I felt the urge to turn around, run back to the playroom, and let Abby deal with fixing the kids a snack. But it was too late. I pushed the door, and now it was swinging open. The couple must have seen it, because suddenly the kitchen was totally silent. I poked my head in and looked around. Dawn! Ah! Uh, hi! Said Amy, taking a huge step away from John. Her we brother. were just... Yeah, thanks for reminding us. Yeah. We later find out. Right. We were just... John began... Uh, talking about what we're going to have for dinner tonight. Right. Amy put in quickly. I just dropped by to check with, um, John about that. About and dinner. And that's her brother. And that's her brother, and his real name is Patrick. And thanks for reminding us that they're right. brother and sister. For tonight. She seemed so nervous that I felt sorry for her. Oh, I said, nodding, even though I didn't believe her for a second. Well, I just came down to find a snack for the kids. Uh, let me help, said John, rushing to the fridge. I could tell he was glad to have something to do. I felt awfully uncomfortable, and it was clear <laughs> that they did too. Uh, I'll just be going then, said Amy. We're all set for dinner, right, Mr. Irving? Uh, that's correct, Miss Livingston, said John, without looking up at her. He was pretending to be fascinated by the contents of the vegetable drawer. Mm-hmm. I almost laughed out loud. Who did they think they were fooling with this act? Not us. He was, he was hiding his, conspicuously hiding his crotch <laughs> in the vegetable drawer. Which is full of scarves. Yeah. <laughs> Frozen scarves. And hang and handcuffs? <laughs> and vegetables. Yeah. Be safe out there. Be safe. Baby. And if you're going to do the, the kinky stuff, yeah. and that's fine, and we encourage you to do it, and we want yeah. you to do it, and we like it when you do it, but like, yeah. Be safe. And you know what we say, always say. And, we, and we'll end this. And we'll with say it. And we'll we say it at the say. same time. And we'll, we'll say it at the same time. And I'll say one, one two, two, three. Everybody has everybody a fridge. Everybody has a fridge. But not everybody. But not everybody. Knows how to use it. Knows how to use it. And we do say that. And we that do say that. Always. Always. And remember yep. that. Yep. So be safe out be there. Be safe. Refrigerator play is spreading. It can be fun in the right context, it, but it, 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 it is fun. Also, be quite dangerous. Mm -hmm. um, I want to uh, bring in uh, Karis. Okay. Is she in your? She's not here. No. Karis, are you? Oh, she's here in my laundry room. It's always impossible to tell where she's gonna be. Yeah. She's like a. She's like a. Um, like a little fairy. A sprite. Is what I was like a sprite. Say. She's yeah. like a sprite. Uh, Karis, it's so nice of you to have waited so quietly standing behind me in my laundry room. Could you please uh, pull out that ukulele and sing the song about the book cover? Okay, so you saw the Facebook post. What? Where she called you out for calling it a harp. You called I wouldn't call it a harp. You called it a harp. One of us called it a harp. And it was you. I, think she said, I know it's a you. It's actually a ukulele. Okay, well, I didn't see the Facebook post, so it sounds like probably you said it. I don't. Sorry, Kara. Sorry, they're you have all to hear the this. same. To I'm me. sorry, you have to hear this. Okay. Can you hear them knocking, knocking? Girls who keep the cradle rocking, show their fear and pain and wonder as their world is torn asunder. Can
Can you hear them buzzing, crying? Can you feel their bonds untying? Try to free them from their prose. Show them to us now, swallow. And I said, uh, uh, swallow me down, uh, um, that's that loving sound. It took me a second to remember the lyrics because caress sounds so much like caress. Oh, wow. That it kind of got stuck in my head for a second. Yeah, maybe that's what it should have been because I never called you out on this, but there's nothing about that song that makes us feel like we should use it for swallow. Swallow me down? Yeah, because it's caress me down. There's just not, there's nothing about it. Huh. <laughs> I think when when we originally started doing it, by and by we I mean you, generously, uh, you probably thought it was follow me down. No, I I thought it was swallow me down. <laughs> okay, great. Well, anyway, it's this is a segment where we talk about what is going on in the covers of these books, which are painted by Babysitters Club art director and known intense dude. Hodges, Swallow, and I, I don't specifically want to draw attention to anything that is on the cover, but I want to draw attention to a passage in this novel. That well, there's a, the there's cover. a few things I'm curious about on the cover. Okay. There's a vase that's full of canes. Canes. I'm counting four canes. Yeah, who are they for? Does everyone in the family have canes? That's, that's weird. weird. Why so many canes? And then Dawn is doing a thing she doesn't do in this novel, which is she's kind of sifting through the jewelry box for no mm. reason. And it does say Dawn's, oh, you know what Hodges has said? And I'm really glad that he's done this because he has basically- Oh, wow. And Hodges, we're not the only ones who took Ellen to task. And we we took like a 10-minute iBooks review to do this. Hodges did it with a scarcity of language that is really he took, impressive. We took 10 minutes. He took 10 words. Yeah. And he has written above, so the title is below his picture. It says, Don Schaefer Undercover Babysitter, which we all know is wrong. And what Hodges has written, a little sly, hey, Ellen, you should check yourself before you wreck yourself. He's written, Don's a detective in disguise as a babysitter. As a babysitter, yeah. So and Hodges that, Swallow, it, art director of the Babysitters yeah. Club books and also copy editor of the Babysitters yeah, it's Club It's kind of calling Ellen out here. And that is what this book should have been called, Don Schaefer, a detective in disguise. Right. And he could have also said, Don's a detective in disguise, or Don's a baby in disguise. And, and I, it will remind you that that didn't actually happen. That actually happen didn't happen, book. right. Yeah. But, but that, is, that is another conceivable sort of interpretation of undercover babysitter. Yeah. So I like that, that Hodges has called this out. But uh, he's also got a nice little portrait of uh, Mr. Livingston, who died and set this whole g- dangerous game in motion yep and i want to read this passage to you tanner and you know what i'm realizing now here's what i'm realizing and this makes sense this passage is ellen getting back at hodges they're in a fucking war let me read you this hanging above the fireplace was a huge portrait in a fancy gold frame 
A nameplate on the bottom of the frame identified the person pictured as Arthur Livingston. It was a good thing the picture had a caption. It was the ugliest painting I'd ever seen. And if I hadn't been able to read that it was a picture of a man, I might never have figured it out. He looked like a cross between George Washington, Whistler's mother, and the elephant man. The right. colors were awful. The background was a mess of blurry brush strokes. And the artist clearly hadn't known very much about how to paint noses or hands or mouths. I looked at the painting fascinated with its repulsiveness. Ellen. Right. Yeah. And so, and so that's so describing Hodges' that cover. That painting is on the cover of the book. So Hodges did the cover of this one before Ellen wrote it, just based right. on spec. Ellen saw it, saw what Hodges wrote about and how said, the her fucking title is bad. Yep. And was like, okay, fine. Guess what? Your painting sucks, Hodges. Your painting sucks. It's garbage. And his hands, his hands aren't even pictured in the painting. <laughs> it's but a Ellen's repulsive like, mess. <laughs> yeah. I assume you're bad at painting hands. <laughs> Hodges. This is brutal. Well, and them. I think we should keep an eye on this because I think like there is something happening here between Ellen and Hodges. And I think yeah. it's just going to continue. I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. It's a war of words and and uh, a thousand words, which is what a picture is. Right, and that's about how many words Ellen took to yeah to shit all over Hodges' <laughs> painting. A repulsive mess. Can you imagine if you drew something for someone and they said they were fascinated with its repulsiveness? <laughs> um, Should we go back and maybe take sides in the review? It's, or it's too late. I mean, we it's too late. Write, it's submitted. Do you want to go and write a supplemental? Second review? Should we do go and write a second review? Yeah. I'm opening up iBooks, going to the mysteries here. Yep. Okay, and ratings and reviews, I will rate it five stars. Yep. We did love this one. Well, so here's what we said earlier. Yeah. Is I said, if I could rate it six stars, I would. Right. Because of the lack of Stacy. Yeah. So your five, should I just rate it one to get it to six? Perfect. Right? Yeah, perfect. It's weird, because when I click... It says rate this book, and there's a number of stars. So when I click one star, it's suggesting that I hated it, but that's not oh. what I mean. Oh, interesting. I'm supplementing, and I may, I can make this clear in the yeah. review. Yeah. I'm uh, so title. So so title just say despite what Tim Cook might say, I did not hate this. Okay. Despite what Tim Cook is telling me or you, I did not. hate Despite this. the the words Tim Cook is putting in my mouth, I did not hate this. And then for Goodreads, when you put this on Goodreads, I'll have you change that to Jeff Bezos. And I don't have Goodreads, so you'll have to do it. Oh, man, it's unfortunate that there's no way for a human to sign up for Goodreads. Um, Okay, I'll sign up for Goodreads and post this one review. And it will be worth it, because you get a lot of followers from the Baby Nation. And so I'm going to put in all caps, this is a supplemental review. Review to the previous review left by my colleague, Jack Shepard. Okay, okay, and so, okay, okay, ready? Okay, so is it, you want to do open letter to either Hodges or Allen? This is an open letter to Hodges, Swalio. Yeah, thanks for pointing out. And that, Ellen Miles. Okay, dear Hodges, thanks for pointing out in eight words what it took us paragraphs to do. Okay, perfect. That Ellen got this title wrong. What are, should, should we say that Ellen made the biggest mistake of her life? Ellen made the biggest mistake of her life. What okay. this title? Dear okay. Ellen, 
And so, dear Hodges, I should probably close that one out. So, sincerely, Tanner Greenring and Jack Shepard. P.S. We loved this cover. P.S. We loved this cover. Okay, and then dear Alan, dear Alan, we've already said everything we wanted to say to you. Okay, and it looks like Hodges did too. And then I just I think I don't have I don't know exactly what to say, but I kind of want to take her to task for for overreacting in right no i know what you mean how she described what hodges did while what hodges did may have hurt you while our words and his art may have hurt you please remember please remember that you are no here's what i want to bring undercover back in a writer here's what i'm thinking please remember undercover please remember that under the cover of our criticism is That's an perfect. opportunity for you to be better. Yes. Like us and like Hodges. Like us and like Hodges. Okay. Good. Uh, P.S. Jack Shepard, Tanner Greening, Green Ring. P.S. We really did love this one. Sincerely, Tanner Green Ring. And Jack Shepard. And Jack Shepard, P.S. We really did love this one. Great. Okay, I'm going to read this back to you. Thank you. This, uh, title, Despite the Words Tim Cook is Putting in My Mouth, I Did Not Hate This Book. This is a supplemental review to the previous review left by my colleague Jack Shepard. Um, and then I should probably add in here something like, My one star is, is to be, in is, It should be thought of as additive... Please do not take the average. My one star should be thought of as additive to Jack's. Please do not take the average. That's a note for Tim. Do not take the average. Average. This is an unprecedented six-star review. Right. Okay, and that's great. Great. And then that kind of, it's a, it gives Ellen, the puffs her up a little bit before we take her down. Thanks for pointing out in eight words what it took us paragraphs to do, colon, that Ellen made the biggest mistake of her life with this title. Great. Sincerely, Tanner Greenring and Jack Shepard, P.S. We love this cover. We've learned something from Hodges, haven't we? Concise. Dear Ellen, Mm -hmm. we've already said everything we wanted to say to you, and it looks like Hodges did too. While our words and his art may have hurt you, Please remember that under the cover of our criticism is an opportunity for you to do better, like us and like Hodges. Sincerely, Tanner Greenring and Jack Shepard. P.S. We really loved this one. Great. And I'm going to hit submit. Cut and print. Okay. I feel bad about the one star, but I feel like we... I hope... No, we didn't I hope it. Tim... Tim gets it. Okay. Yeah, and, and five plus one is... Six, Six, which is a lot more than five. Okay. Um, Great. Here's where I want to leave us, Tanner, before we get the fuck out of here. I want to read this passage to you, and it's from the B-plot, which ends, which takes up the final three to four chapters of this novel, where Dawn is basically doing a farewell tour of Stony Brook with her friend's day and her family day and her kid's day. They seem like terrific kids, Marianne. Oh, and... um, kind of techno music is playing under what I'm saying at the moment, as, as you know. No, you don't do it. You're not doing it. It's in oh, post. not in me. Post. It's happening in post. Our, our guys are doing it in post. Okay. They seem like terrific kids, Marianne commented. 
They are, said Amy. I'm only sorry I didn't know them when they were younger. What a lot of wasted years. She sighed, and a shadow seemed to pass over her face. Then she quickly changed the subject. Hey, what are we waiting for? She asked, smiling again. Why don't you go ahead and change, and I'll meet you at the pool. I think the kids are organizing a cannonball contest. We had a blast that day. First, we swam and dove and did cannonballs until we were completely exhausted and wrinkled up like prunes. Then we all sat down to a huge picnic lunch. Crusty. Italian. Okay. And it all ends in bread for Dawn. And that's how it ends for Dawn. It's a cacophony of bread, and it's been building this whole time. Yeah. And it was all bread, and it was all the way down, and it's all. It bread. was all bread, and it is all bread, and it's going to continue to be all bread for all way time. Dawn, the bread of life, and the Dawn books have religious themes. Um, do they? Yeah, I'm not sure. I've That's why that. she says, "I am the bread of life. He who believeth in me um, shall be saved." She says that uh, implied Italian bread. And they did have other things at the picnic, but that's just kind of where I, that I, after that, I just, I was so excited that I didn't read the rest of the sentence, but okay, crusty right. Italian bread. Bread of life. It's all bread, all the way dawn. Dawn is the bread of life. She's going home. Back all where the, she it's all bread, all the way dong. Yeah. Is, <laughs> is what Jack just said. And we're going so to have to fix that the t-shirts. In. Yeah. Right? Tanner, <laughs> um, what I was thinking is that we should get the fuck out of here and okay. leave. Don't Me you too. think yep. that? Yep. What I would like to say to you, Tanner, is to thank you. Thank you, okay. India. Thank you, Providence. Thank you. And I want to oh. thank you, Tanner. I was doing Alanis. Oh, I know. And I was doing and Dido. You were doing Dido. And I really like that Alanis song, and it's underrated. And I just th- want to register that. Okay. That's a, that's a bad take. Yeah, and I like that one. I also like the one where she goes, let's fast forward to a few years later. Okay. And I like the one that goes, I did wine dine 69 with the guy from Family Matters. No, she doesn't say that. I don't think. (laughs) Did you just make that up? No, it wasn't. The song was written about Dave Coulier. That's like the (laughs) thing, right? He's from from Full House. Yeah. Well, whatever. (laughs) Um, I like that song, and what I wanted to say to you is to thank you for bearing with me, and I'd like to thank the Baby Nation and the Riddle Babies for bearing with us. I would like to remind everybody that if you like the show, you can get a whole other show from us by going to our Patreon and giving us $5 a month. It's such a little amount for four new episodes a month. And of- it's, we put so much fucking work into it. We, it's, uh, we produce an entirely... Other podcasts. <laughs> so much <laughs> about the little sister books, and you can find that at patreon.com slash BSCC podcast. Buy our merch, bit.ly slash BSCC merch. And please do rate and review our show in Apple Podcasts. Thank you to everybody who has rated and reviewed our show recently. I read all the reviews. Tanner doesn't. Sometimes I tell him about them. Go and leave It's been a, a long time since you told me about any of Tanner them. Have they all been through bad? me. Uh, no, they've all been nice, uh, but if you'd like to leave a message for Tanner, just go ahead and address it to me in the reviews, and while you're there, upvote our review of this book and say that market is helpful. <laughs> yes. That really does and if, go if a you long want way. your review to kind of mirror our book reviews, I yeah. think that's fine. 
Yeah, and you can leave a review for the book yourself as well, just kind of saying like, hey, I've got nothing. You know what would be useful is leave a, leave a review in iBooks and be like, hey, I've actually got nothing more to say here. Tanner and Jack really said it all with their review and their sup supplemental review. That would be really helpful. It, it kind of shows Tim Cook that we're doing uh, what what he's asking us. Tim would love that. He would love that. So please right. do that. In the meantime, this week we read a novel that was called Babysitter's Club Mystery Number 26, Dawn Schaefer, Undercover Babysitter. Next week we're going to be reading a book called Babysitter's Club Mystery Number 27, Claudia and the Lighthouse Ghost. Okay. Okay. And the lighthouse is back. So, so yeah. long, Livingston Estate. Yeah, here comes the lighthouse. Make room. Yeah, and it's haunted. Yeah. Uh, while you're contemplating that, please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls. Oh, fuck, I should say who I am. This week, I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. And please do remember to this round week. off the- Thank you for saying that while I was talking. Please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator, and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaney's, remember the trip, and take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia's wearing a bra now. The way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. I texted it to you. Let me text you the link instead, because sometimes when you text an image, it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, this doesn't work. I, this happens a lot. I, I, by the way, every image you've sent me in the last two weeks has looked like this, which is a nothing. Anyway. Well, I don't send you a lot of images. Hmm? The only image I send you is Mankiss Jack. Okay, we can't talk about that, though. What about okay. the guy beating off to the national anthem? Oh, yeah, you did send me that. That was a <laughs> gift. That came through. <laughs> that did come through. Um, okay. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>